Welcome to Second Wind with Joyce Buford, a program for and about women. Joyce Buford is a certified coach who has a passion for helping women who need a second wind. Joyce is the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, a program that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. As a certified coach, she studied directly with her mentor, Jack Canfield, author of the Chicken Soup book series, where she served as an assistant to his training program. Through her study with many prestigious coaches and mentors, she has created a powerful program that has positively impacted hundreds of people. On today's program, Joyce and her guest will help you learn how to get your second wind. Now here's our host, Joyce Buford. Good morning. Welcome to the show. This is great to have you here because as I like to have with all of my shows, you're going to love my guest today. One of the transitions that we go through which are so many in our lives. And, you know, we always think of the transition of job change, divorce, death. We think of those as the major changes. But there are other changes that we go through every day. When we wake up, we look in the mirror and we realize, oh, my gosh, how did I put this weight on? How did I get so heavy? How did I get here? How did I get here? And then we're like, we're so stressed of well, how can I ever get back to where I was? What is my secret? What am I going to do? This is a major change. And so we need to be aware that the U.S., the U.S. for sure, is putting on pounds every Day, And that message is being heard more and more by individuals that stand in front of their mirror, that go to the stores and try on what they used to fit in but don't today. So it's. I felt it was very important to bring back a guest that I've had before because I find her so dynamic and such an um, activist to save us all where the weight is considered in our lives. My guest today is the fabulous Laura Dion Jones. She is a pro-health activist, and when you hear her talk about it, you are going to understand the passion that she puts behind this mission. She is a TV and radio talk show host, certified corporate wellness coach, a certified wellness coach working with individuals, and she's a speaker and author of Commit to Get Fit, Find the Secret to Your Own Truth, and Everlasting Weight Loss. Now, Laura brings her expertise and vast experience in fitness, fashion, and beauty to her coaching career. By overcoming her own weight loss of over 100 pounds, she became one of the country's top experts and motivational coaches in the field of weight loss and fitness walking. She addresses the mental game of developing discipline, maximizing our human potential, overcoming adversities, improving personal appearance, and increasing self-esteem while finding your ideal self that you have covered by the weight. Laura's mission is to put an end to our country's obesity epidemic. 
having appeared on Oprah's show with her fab fabulous fashions Lauren is also highly regarded as a lifestyle and fashion consultant one of the country's first in top plus size designers and models from 1980 to 1998 so today we're going to talk about we're going to focus on two areas of Laura we're going to focus on the book that she wrote and how she did conquer that weight of over 100 pounds to lose it and keep it off. And then in, us, in our second half, we're going to talk about the fashion. Some of the the rules are that we need to apply in dressing ourselves, that both of these are very important. So welcome, Laura. Hi, good morning, everyone, and thank you, Joyce, for having me. Uh, I love talking uh, to you in your Oh, future. I love it. You are so outspoken, so fresh, so tell it like it is, that it's really what we need to hear these days. We don't need to camouflage that, oh, you've put on a few extra pounds. When it's there, it's big, isn't it? It sure is. And you know what? I like to tell people when I coach them or give my seminars that it's a shame that alcoholics and drug addicts don't really wear their addiction like um, heavier people do. I hate the term obese. And I've been chronically obese my entire life. I was up to 300 pounds three times in my life. And in February of 2002, I like to say I woke up from a food-induced coma. And I was absolutely, really, I was absolutely panicked. And I thought, how did I get here? And I, right. and I, you know how a lot of people say, just listen to your body. Your body will tell you what it needs. Well, when your body tells you it needs a hot fudge brownie sundae from Jimmy <laughs> yes. every Monday, guess what? Right. You're, uh, and, and then there's another thing that I, uh, people say that kind of annoy me. Oh, everything in moderation, everything in moderation. Let me tell you something. When you're chronically obese, Mm-hmm. Your moder- your moderation meter is broken because yeah. you're addicted to white starch and sugar, and, mm. and it's just it's it's like this um, perpetuating cycle, for lack of a better word. And your pancreas is like this furnace, and when you feed it white starch and sugar, it pushes out insulin, and it wants more, and it wants more, and it wants more, and that overproduction of insulin becomes like an addiction, it becomes a depraving. And um, in my book, I explain everything. I have been uh, tutored, let me say, by two doctors who are endocrinology professors, one in mm-hmm. Western Mark Stoller, one in um, Huntington, North Car- South Carolina, North Carolina, forgive me, at Marshall Medical <laughs> School, Dr. Jamie Bales, and also right. by Colette Heimowitz who's the vice president of Atkins Nutritionals, and in very simple layman's terms, it is the overproduction of insulin that makes us fat, not Mm -hmm. the dietary fat, like we have been led to believe since the mid-60s. So this overproduction Mm. of insulin is the fat hormone. When you push out, when your pancreas pushes out mm-hmm. insulin, that's the fat hormone, that's what makes you fat, that's what clogs your arteries, that's what keeps you addicted to white starch right. and sugar. 
And one of the keys so, that I found to break this addiction is to break your white starch and sugar habit. Go ahead. Right. Go ahead. I so, say something. Yeah. So I want to know how you made this addict this decision because you had to make a pretty powerful decision to go on this recovery. I'm going to call it that journey that you took because you had been to this weight three times in the first two times. I know you did try to do something, but the third time was the time that you fully committed. Can you explain the difference in, in those three situations? You know, the difference was I was smarter. I was mm. older Mm-hmm. I tried every diet in the book and then some. And right. I'll tell you, I was sick of hauling myself around. At 317 pounds, at the time, I have since shrunk. At the time, I was probably 5'7", <laughs> you know, like we all have. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and um, I was just sick of hauling myself around. I was sick of the disparaging comments. I was sick of just, I didn't feel good. I, right. I just couldn't move. And I hated that because I had always, always been active my whole life. Mm -hmm. So, go ahead. Well, I was just thinking, I imagine that some of the things that you had tried prior to this decision, which I believe the decision is where the power is. I will lose this weight. It's like commitment, which is the, mm-hmm. which is of course the title of your book. It's making that commitment. But I'm sure you'd tried all the fad diets. You'd tried diet pills. You had tried the quick solution pills. The all of this that we all go to trying to think we can fix it with a pill, when it really just takes the decision to make a weight loss choice. A food choice. Absolutely. It's how you manage your choices. And a speaker friend of mine calls it choice management. You Uh. have to practice choice management. If you're, you know, like you said, there's so much information that I have, I don't even know where to begin. But Mm -hmm. it is a choice. And once you, you have to make up your mind, you got to want to is my, one of my biggest taglines. You right. absolutely have to be so sick of the way you feel and deep down the way you look. You know, I'm all for po- uh, positive body image. My God, I was the queen of plus size. Uh, I was one of the country's first of top plus size models and designers. Nobody mm-hmm. in the country knows the plus size market or personality like I do because I know it from the inside out. Right, and yeah. And you just have to have had enough of disparaging mm-hmm. comments, disparaging looks. The way you feel, you can't, you can't chase after your kids or your grandkids. I don't want to sit it out. Right. On the sidelines yeah. of life. Like I have a friend, she's very, 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 very heavy. She's on a scooter and she just, she's, my, as my, one of my doctors says, just, support her, but just know that some people are unmotivatable. And she mm-hmm. travels the world, but what does she do when it's time to go on the tour bus to go tour the wineries or the monastery or the caves or the whatever? She mm-hmm. sits it out on the bench in front of the hotel facing the sea and waits till we all get back. <gasps> oh, no. Oh, I hate yes. that for her. 
Yeah, I do too. I do too. And I've taken her hand in line and I have looked her in the eye. I'm going to get emotional here. And mm. I have told her everything. I have begged her. And it just, she just, it doesn't sink in. Rather mm. than go from a wheelchair to a scooter to a whatever and be hobbled by weight, it's much easier to bite the bullet and get it off. Trust mm. me. But beside the, the desire which you say is the first you got to have a good effective diet and you and i did this without gastric bypass gastric lab band i did this on my own right with the help of my endocrinologist that's mm. why i always 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 suggest to people go get a good endocrinology physical if your doctor is not an endocrinologist Mm -hmm. Find the best one in your area and go see him or her and tell them, this is my problem. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. I want to lose weight, but I want to try mm -hmm. low carb, and I need you to support me with all the biometric numbers and tests that you are going to take. So you're saying low So you're uh -huh. saying low carb, not low fat, which is what they Absolutely sell so much. Not. No, no, no. You know something? I just made some notes, darn it, because I'm writing a, uh, I'm writing a piece on sugar, and mm -hmm. um, uh, let me see. The, I, don't quote me because I think it was the Food and Drug Administration paid Harvard study mm -hmm. that did a study in the mid-60s on sugar, and wouldn't you know it, it's not right here in my hands, and... What they did was, is they paid him something like the uh, $5,000 or the equivalent of $50,000 in this day and age. And, mm -hmm. hang on, I can't find my note what the exact was, but, but they paid um, Harvard. Mm -hmm. you, okay, according to Time Magazine, September 26, 2016, the sugar industry, big sugar, paid Harvard University scientists to produce a 1967 review de-emphasizing sugar's association with heart disease, according to newly published documents. And the yeah. today, it's about $50,000. So this is brought to you by the very folks who told us that the way to eat healthy was to eat low fat. That's not yeah. the case. Right. That's not the right. case. And from my personal experience and from everybody that I've worked with, when I work with people, if I were going to work with you, let's say you needed 50 pounds to lose. I don't know what you need. You know, I'm just saying. Are you looking through this microphone? Phone. Can you see me? <laughs> well, you better turn off your webcam now on top of your camera. <laughs> no, you know, I'm teasing you. I'm teasing you. Yeah. And what I will tell you is this is what worked for me. Tell uh -huh. me what's worked for you over the best over your lifetime. And whatever that diet is, that's the diet you're going to go on and we're going to work together. But if you want something new, because you want to see terrific results, you'll go on a low-carb diet. Absolutely, without question. Right. And I detail it all in my book, Commit to Get Fit, which is available on my website and, and on Amazon. I um, have loved your book. You sent it to me. And I loved this book because there are so many good um 
things in it, good suggestions, good ways to work around different situations, how to get into walking and running. All of this is so beneficial and it's so part of the process that you use to help somebody with their weight loss. Right? Absolutely. And you want, and let me tell you further, when I said I was active my whole life when I was a teenager, I was a lifeguard. Um, I was a, uh, into my 20s and 30s, I was an expert black run skier. I spent mm-hmm. 25 years without anything more than a bruise until I got my right knee dislocated and almost lost my leg. That's wow. when my weight went up to 317, but that's right. the story. It's also in my book. Um, I was always active. I was an avid swimmer. I was the last person to complete the Chicago Triathlon, the real thing, in four yeah. hours and 57 minutes. And so I was strong in biking and swimming, but I couldn't run. And mm-hmm. I decided that I needed something more because nothing was giving me what I needed to, in the way of daily cardio combined with a good diet to help get the weight off. Yeah. A good effective diet is part of it, but, and you cannot exercise away a bad diet. You can't go mm. run an hour every day and then go eat, right. uh, you know, all kinds of crap. <laughs> How many times have we heard that? I'll eat this and then I'll go have an extra run around the block, right? How about it? Yeah, a lot of time. Monday. My favorite is starting Monday. I'm going to start Monday. Monday. But you know what? Monday never comes. So if it happens to be Wednesday, when you decide you've had enough and you're going to buy my book, read it, and get your butt in gear, then Wednesday is your Monday. You follow what I'm saying? Whatever day it is, start where you right where you are. Doesn't have to be this whole big thing. It's not going to cost you four hundred plus dollars a month like some of these plans and that some of these celebrities hawk. And uh, you know what I'm saying? You got all this right. stuff right at your grocery store. Some of it's in your fridge. Some of it's not in your fridge. Right. Um, it, it's just start where you okay. are. Okay, Laura, let's let's take this situation that I would see with so many women. In addition to me, I also have this issue that we have this when we get into midlife or above, <laughs> we get into this tummy thing, the tummy thing, the tummy that keeps sticking out. What is that? Do you have to lose the tummy by going through the program, the walking, the food re? you know, reduction, pain, no carbs, all of that. Is that what makes the tummy go away? Because I don't like that tummy. Absolutely. I think yeah. it's white starch and sugar accumulation. A lot of people say there's nothing you can do about it. It's hormones. I'm out to prove them wrong. My first yeah. weight loss this time was 130 pounds. I have maintained that for 14 years. But in wow. that time, I also lost. That's my achievement, Joyce. Is keep That's it major. That's awesome. Years. First time in my life. First time in my life. And that's why I'm so passionate about what I do, because I know I figured it all out. And yeah. I just need people to want to do it and to be mm. open to what I'm telling them and to go consult with a good endocrinologist, and I'll help them take it from there. Ah. But, what was the original question, Your Honor? 
Well, no, it was about the tummy fat that seems to oh, appear okay. in, in mid mid age, you know, 60, 50 plus. I mean, it's appearing earlier because I see really, really overweight young women in yeah. East Texas where I am that just kind of accept it as, you know, part of life. And I just can't believe they want, they take this precious body that was given to them and it explode it through the weight gain and then don't realize that they have control to get that under control. They have the power to do that. Hmm? White starch and sugar. White starch and sugar. Overconsumption of white starch and sugar. I don't know what else to tell you. My view is this. I'm going to prove prove everybody wrong in that. I, I started to tell you I lost 130, kept it up 14 years. In that interim with many knee sculpts and knee replacement left, knee replacement right, on and on. Um, I lost another 20, and then I went down. I went up five, and then I went down 10. And um, last year I had a big life change, and my husband and I reconciled. And it, oh, uh, awesome. I, thank you. After five years separation, um, I put on about 10, 15 pounds, maybe 20, but 15 mm-hmm. more like it. And where did mm-hmm. I put it on? In my belly. I have never mm-hmm. had a belly in my life. And I would look at myself in the mirror and my belts were a little tighter and my favorite trench coat was a little tighter. And I was like, yeah. this is BS. If mm-hmm. I lose 130, keep it off for 14 years, this belly is going. During the week, I go on pretty strict, pretty strict low carb. Saturday mm. night is, I'm sorry to say, my blowout night, but I don't have 100 pounds to lose. But right. when you have that much weight to lose, you lose it, then you have your blowout night. But anyway, yeah. I'm back on that diet on Sunday, and I've lost maybe 10 pounds since I've been trying to do this in the past seven mm-hmm. months, and i got to tell you what, my belly's shrinking. My oh. belly's shrinking. I'm confused. I refused. I refused. I never had a belly in my life, ever. Mm-hmm. I carried my weight differently. And for mm-hmm. me to have this belly in, 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 in mid-boomer age, no, I mm-hmm. refused. And mm-hmm. I went back on the diet, and it, you've got to combine it with daily cardio, though. That's the key. You've yeah. got to walk. You've got right. to ride a bike. My advice, walking. It's the mo- least expensive, most effective way to boil your weight off. Right. And when I, I coach people, and if you're real heavy and, and you just have a hard time doing it, start in the pool. Start walking in the pool. Mm-hmm. Buy yourself the best pair of walking shoes you can afford. Go right. to a reputable sports shoe dealer. Let them see your issues. Let them recommend. My mm-hmm. opinion, Brooks Ariels are the number one for people that are really overweight and they tend to overpronate. But you mm-hmm. go to your specialist, you get the best pair of walking shoes you can afford, and you start 10 minutes a day. And the next minute, uh, next day you do 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the next day you do 20 minutes. And then the next mm-hmm. day you do 30 minutes. And then pretty soon you do 30 minutes and you go, man, I feel pretty good today. I could do another <laughs> 10. Oh, so do yes. the 10. Yeah. Because once you do that, you can never go back. Right. You can never go back. Now you're doing 40. You're going to go back to 20? Not a chance. 
Right. It's an achievement. It's an achievement. Here's another huge tip. You have to keep a written, manually handwritten log every day. What you weigh in the morning, you got to weigh every day. I don't care who says the scale is your enemy. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not going to be a slave to my scale. That's all BS. Your scale is your road map. It is mm-hmm. your business plan. Mm-hmm. You get on that scale in the morning and it says 275 pounds and you go to lunch with the girls and they're all having dessert and you got a best friend at that table and say, can I have a tablespoon full of your creme brulee? Mm-hmm. And you smell it. You, you, you smell it. You take a, a, a small nibble uh, of it and you nurse that tablespoon. Mm-hmm. That's all. That's all what you're going to have because – go ahead. What about the the wine? No. What about the wine, Laura? We see so many people no. have that one glass of wine every day. No, no. no. Total derailment. Total derailment. And Why? Can you have that wine on Saturday? I would. I would save it for Saturday night, but I'm not kidding you. Why be diligent on your diet, your low-carb diet, the entire mm-hmm. day, and then the next thing you know, you're having that glass of wine at night. And in the morning, you didn't lose any weight, or two days later, you didn't lose any, or three days later, you're putting on a little bit. Uh Uh-uh. And I Mm -hmm. think that that also helps contribute to the belly, the boom Right. Yeah. There's sugar in it. And it's, Mm -hmm. that sugar is some addicting thing. You know, it's tough to get it out of your system. It's, it's. It's an addiction. It's like alcohol. But when you go on a modified Atkins, and I detail it in my book, and you can also buy the Atkins diet book, mm-hmm. I like the old way where they had a three- or four-day induction. I think it was a three-day induction. And you went hardcore three, the first three days with almost zero oh. carbohydrates. You're yeah. eating avocados, and you're eating fish, and you're eating tuna, and you're eating mayonnaise, and you're eating whatever, okay? Right. The first day... That you go totally sugar and starchless, you're mm-hmm. going to want to eat your hands. You're going to want to eat your hands. <laughs> You've got to tough it up. You've got to tough it up. Because the second day, second day you're going to get up, you're going to make your omelet, you're going to make your veggie omelet, whatever. Yeah. Second day, you're going to say, hey, this ain't as bad as yesterday. <laughs> yeah. This isn't that bad. And the right. third day, you've got it licked. Yeah. Now, your well, Laura- is... I want you to tell us. I want you to tell my listeners how they can get your book, and you know it's so awesome that you even wrote this book. It was you was written under the encouragement of your friends that said you got to write it, you got to write it. You're going to change lives with this book. So it's all in the book. That's why I want everybody to know where to get it, and. Be sure they do get it. So tell us that again, Laura. Um, the title of my book is called Commit to Get Fit. And my name is Laura Dion Jones. And you can go to my website, Laura, L-A-U-R-A, Dion, D-I-O-N-J-O-N-E-S, DionJones.com. And you can order the book on my website, or you can go to Amazon and just put in either my name or Commit to Get Fit. And order it on Amazon, and it's in Kindle, and it's in paperback, but I urge you to get the paperback. Yeah. Because you're going to give you a five-week log. 
Yeah. You're going to look at this book and use it daily. Now, we are going to go to a brief break now, and uh, this will give you an opportunity to think about your weight and what you ideally want it to be because it can change. So we'll be back shortly. Transformational coach, motivational speaker, and author, Joyce Buford returns after this short break. Would you like to know how to bring more ease to all the decisions you need to make in life? Knowing your core values is the first step in Joyce's free live masterclass. You'll discover your top five core values in as little as 45 minutes. Join her now at free gift from joyce.com close your eyes and imagine living your life without limits where would you go who would you meet what would you do during an uncover your hidden genius session you will discover what's keeping you from living your life with purpose passion, and fulfillment of your potential. You'll get a clear vision of the steps you need to take to uncover your hidden genius so that you can live a life without limits. Sessions can be done over the phone, Skype, or in person. Find out more at www.joycebufordempowers.com or by calling 903-287-0747. Welcome back to this segment of Second Wind. Joyce Buford, the creator of Uncover Your Hidden Genius, continues in this segment to share insight that will help you live a life of greater purpose, fulfillment, and ease. Now here's our host, author and coach, Joyce Buford. We are talking today with Laura Jones. Dion Jones, excuse me, Laura, I just shortened your name. <laughs> and we've been talking about weight. We've been talking about major weight for that woman that has obese attached to her size. And so she wants to get rid of that word because we both know it's making the decision that you've had enough, getting very clear about You've had enough of this overweight, and it's about making the decision that you want to change your life, that is indeed going to change your life. It's commitment, ladies, and we understand that. Uh, Laura, most of all, because she lost over 117 pounds. Is that correct, Laura, I think? And so... 30. 30. So in her final final transition into this thinner Laura, she went through and has outlined it in her book, Commit to Get Fit. So you can get it at Amazon or at her website. But there's another very fascinating thing about Laura. Not only is she a a pro-health activist, but she also has this other side to her, which is contemporary high fashion to flatter the fuller figure. Back in her day, when she was 317 pounds, she appeared on Oprah. She's been on Home Shopping Network and Jenny Jones shows, to name a few. 
And she has talked about her fashions because she knew and loved design, which was started really early in her life by her Mama Mia, her grandma, I think. But And I want you to share that story. But why were you so compelled to, to go into the fashion business, Laura? You know something? I have been designing clothes for myself, making clothes for myself since I was little. And I think when we spoke, I told you that my adopted mother was a tailor with Pucci in Italy. And mm-hmm. so my grandmother, my grandmother raised me, and she, um, as soon as I get hold of the needle, she was teaching me how to make doll clothes and different things. And oh. I was always a chubby kid. I was mm-hmm. always a chubby kid. And in mm-hmm. those days, we didn't have cute clothes, period, for kids. Right. Really. Like, not like we have today. Come on. Yeah. And, yeah. And let alone if you were a chubby kid. So my grandmother was a seamstress, and she just, and she made my whole wardrobe. So I what? grew up designing. I was born a designer. Mm-hmm. So when I, you know, my, my hairdressing clients, and when I'd go on modeling jobs, everybody, would, everybody loved the way I dressed. And mm-hmm. I... Most of the things that I wore were clothes that I made or had made or I designed because I like to look a certain way. And because I grew up around fashion, I mean, we had Vogue magazine in our house since I was little. And I like to say that I um, that I grew up with a size 8 Vogue mentality. Mm-hmm. And I right. had to take those designs that I saw in the magazines that I lost it after, and I had to figure out how to adapt them to fit a bigger body, like yeah. whatever size I was when I was younger. Right. And, yeah. and so when I, when I was, um, I couldn't find anything to wear. So everybody encouraged me, you've got to get in the plus size marketplace. And in 1980, 1986 is when I officially launched Dion Jones. So in those, 86 to 98, there were not a lot of plus size clothing options. And right. I do not look, I do not wear tent dresses and lulus, and I don't mean this disparagingly, but I do, I'm not built like Melissa McCarthy, and nothing she designs looks good on me. Oh. <laughs> I feel that I could take a lot of her clothing when I see her on TV. I want to go run up behind her and pin it so she looks thinner. I don't like when women dress fat. You don't yeah. have to dress fat. And people told me, tell me that I um, have the gift of artful camouflage because I can make clothing for you. I can take clothing in your wardrobe and have it altered to make you look taller, thinner, and younger. My husband used to say when we lived upstairs from my uh, one of my first um, factories in Bridgeport in Chicago, and he used to see the women when they would leave. They would come in in their regular clothes, and they would leave in my Dion Jones clothes, and they would have their <laughs> regular street clothes in a bag. And he said these women all look like they just robbed a bank. <laughs> they get smiles on their faces, and I said kind of they did, you know. Because yeah. it made them look better, walk better, feel better, act better about themselves, care more about themselves. 
Right. Well, you know, no matter what size we are, we want to look good. Now, it's it takes a little more effort and, and cleverness. The larger we get, the more things we have to cover, um, mm. you know, addressing maybe the bulge of the tummy and so forth or the hips, oversized hips and legs that some people deal with. And so... But I wanted to, you know, fashion is important to us. As women, we love fashion usually. Now, some the I have known some women, the larger they got, the less they cared about what they look like. And then that's going into self-esteem issues and yeah. all those that bring all those problems. But one of the things I wanted to tell you about is that, is it on YouTube that you shared with me your... Um, style show that was on Oprah's show. It was on YouTube, yes, right? YouTube. Yep. Yep. There is yep. a black dress that you had on your third model. She had three models come out. <laughs> I want that dress. That dress is fabulous. It's a, a, a straight dress with a high um, neckline uh, or just up to the neck and then it goes it dips in the back and it has those rhinestones that cross it it was just beautiful I think thank I you. need that <laughs> thank you what size are you maybe we'll talk after the show oh maybe we'll talk after the show is right but it was so wonderful to see and what a fun experience that was and, and especially, you know, people, I'll show that at a seminar. And in that, in that uh, uh, video, uh, Oprah Show video on YouTube, I'm 317 pounds. So you're going to see what I look like. And I yeah. will have people watch that video, and then they will look at me, and then they will look at me in the video when I'm talking, and then they will look at me <laughs> on stage like they're watching a tennis match. I have goosebumps telling you this. And every <laughs> single time, people will raise their hand and say, if I didn't know better, I, it's like I heard your voice coming out of that body, that 317-pound person on that video, but it, I didn't think it was you. I didn't, right. You know what I'm saying? And right. that's a powerful piece, and I show it. Not to say, oh, look at me, I was on Oprah. I show it because it's a prime example of how I looked and what right. I did to transform myself. Right with the desire. I already yeah. had fabulous hair. I already had fabulous makeup. I already had fabulous clothes. My last hurdle was getting that weight off because I hated that I couldn't move. And I knew right. I was headed for diabetes by some mm. mm -hmm. Diabetes, not good. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Um, right. I was headed for all kind of disastrous uh, health issues and whatnot. And I refused. I just thought, that's it. That's it. Right. I'm, not, like I told you, I'm not sitting it out in front of the hotel waiting for y'all to come back from uh, the wineries or whatever. Now, that part of your life came to an end because of why? Why did you leave the fashion industry? You kind of summed it up for us, but what was the issues that come out of fashion that we are totally unaware of as being only the people that purchase. Oh, my God. So, you, know, you know what? Companies should hire me just, I mean, if nothing else, as a design consultant because, like I said, I could take it from the original, the design from the thought in my head to the pattern to first sample to 10 pieces to 500,000 pieces in five sizes and five colors. I mean, I have right. that ability and I have those yeah. connections. But, yeah. 
I did this all on my and my husband's dime. So what uh, we were making, we were generating, putting back into the business. If we made a right. million, it, it took a million to run the business. I'm being facetious. But it, the fashion business is a capital-intensive business. And because yeah. of economics and... Uh, because of economics and competing with the cheaper goods that are made offshore, totally offshore, um, I needed backing, I needed manufacturing muscle, I needed marketing muscle, and I needed financial muscle. Wow. Marketing is everything. How often <laughs> have you tried something that, that it's marketed, marketed, shoved on your throat on TV, on the radio, magazine, newspaper, and then you try it and you go, what in the heck was this hype all about? <laughs> yeah. This but, yeah, yeah, but so, I mean, but you you walked away from that experience um, with some really good fashion knowledge that I would love for you to share with our audience today because all of us, I don't care if you're a skinny woman or if you are a heavy woman, weighing a little bit more than you would like to, you still have control over how you look. And you gave some really good tips that I would like to share with our listeners. That's too nice. Thank you. I mean, the very first one is just hit me because they have designed this dress that's real short in the front and real long in the back. Oh, please. I don't know who did that, but there is not one woman it's flattering on. So, please, if it's in your wardrobe, toss it. But the very first one you say is optimum skirt length. And I know that. So, how do you find the optimum skirt length? You know something, you got to stand in front of a mirror and you have to try your skirts on. And if you're looking at yourself and you look kind of dumpy and you don't like the way you look, then start rolling up the skirt at the waist, first one hem and then maybe the second hem, or maybe the skirt needs to be longer. If you have mm-hmm. heavy legs like I do and that weight starts bulging out mid-knee, I have to keep my skirts right below my knee or I yeah. wear them to my ankle. So, right. you know, my optimum skirt length is 36 inches long because I tend to like long, dramatic, more dramatic clothes on me. Uh-huh. And everybody should know their optimum skirt length. And she should know what it, you, 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 woman should know what it is and shop accordingly. But this, you kind of have to figure out at home or have mm-hmm. a good, trusted friend help. You don't have one who's kind of like a frenemy. Have somebody right. who you know loves you and has your best interests at heart and will tell you the truth. And you need, if you buy a skirt and it's too long or it's too big or whatever, you need to have your skirts tailored to the most flattering length, whether they're a short mini, a medium like below the knee, or a long midi. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just. First impressions are lasting impressions. I cannot emphasize this enough. And I don't like to take the chance of not looking my very best at all times. Right. And each, it's just something. As, you know, it's something, it's, you don't mean to judge people, but you just think, what do you do the first thing when you see somebody? God, she's got beautiful Right, hair. shake them up. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at her skin. Oh, look at that. Blah, blah, blah. Okay? So you yeah. have to make sure that you look fabulous at all times. It's your responsibility to you. Right. To you. Yeah. Um, so we go with the skirt length, which I think sometimes changes with 
um, amount of weight you carry, with your age. I mean, I don't really wear the real short ones, which I did when I was in my 20s and 30s. And I find that the just below the knee is the best for me now. So I do think it kind of varies with your age and where you are. But necklines are the are another issue that we have to address, right? You know something? Necklines, I love different necklines on women. Necklines frame your face. Now, I happen to have the long neck and great shoulders, so I wear everything off the shoulder. It's just one of my signature styles. It's just what I do. Mm-hmm. You have to know your best look and only shop for those styles or have a terrific tailor you can work with who can alter your necklines to flatter you the most. So what, if you notice Barbara Streisand, how she dresses in all of her movies, she always wears only one or two necklines, mm. basic shapes. She knows what looks terrific on her, and she sticks with it, and so should you. And oftentimes, I will buy something because I like the bones of it, meaning the fabric, the silhouette. Mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. alter the neckline if I can alter the sleeves because I don't like big, baggy sleeves. I mean, people are out in the gym killing themselves, and you see these thinner girls with these tops that look like maternity tops or like mm-hmm. the high-low headlines, like you say, or they have these big, giant bell sleeves. Why do you need all that extra? How's the lie going on around you when you got weight that you have mm-hmm. to deal with? Stop right. Right. Well, that's where I think women have bought into what is fashion this year. So they want to stay in the fashion of the year instead of staying in the the style that complements them the the most. Because I can guarantee people are going to be more impressed by the fact that it looks you look absolutely awesome in your clothes versus you're wearing the newest style that does nothing for you. Isn't that the truth? Doesn't that just make you nuts? Yeah. It makes me crazy. Because yep. when that happens, I, 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 I just want to take the woman aside and I want to tell her, uh, please, Mabel, you know, I don't follow fashion that closely. I don't follow trends that closely. What I'll do is I will get a look. I've, of course, I read all the fashion magazines. And I figure right. out what I can do, just like I did when I was a kid. I figure out what I can do, how I could take that trend and bend it and make it work for me. What right. do I need to do to that dress so that I look fabulous in it and I don't look like a cow coming down the road. And right. I think women, I don't like to see women who are fashion slaves. you got to know your best colors. Yes. Your best silhouettes. Oh, I just mm-hmm. read a book on fashion and this woman said, oh, no balloon hems. I got, a, I got news for this woman and I got news for everybody who thinks they're hard and fast fashion rules. Rules are made to be broken. No balloon hems, maybe on a person who is five feet tall and weighs 300 pounds. But I have a trench coat, a gorgeous feminine trench coat, very highly styled, and it has a balloon hem, and I look sensational in it. Mm. It's the length length Mm -hmm. of the garment. It's the way it's tailored. I made sure that I look great in it. And I'll tell you one quick story. Um, my girlfriends and I always joke, you know, we'll see something that's really absolutely gorgeous and it's like a size two, and I'll say, oh, my God, I'd have to buy two of those. And <laughs> have you ever said that? Let me tell you, yes. it came back to bite me in the butt. 
because there was this <laughs> trench coat this woman had at a seminar that when I gave a talk, and I said, where did you get that? And she said, oh, I got it at Terrence on Wabash. And I said, uh-huh. I am going over there. I have to have that trench coat. Well, he didn't have it in my size. He called the manufacturer in New York. They didn't have any more in stock, but he had two smalls. Oh, no. Small, <laughs> Wait. I bought two coats, and I had this tailor make them into one. So all those years of me kidding with my girlfriend's going, oh, my God, I love that dress. Look at that dress. I'd have, shoot, I'd have to buy two of those and have them made into one for me. It actually, I swear to you, happened, but I get so many compliments on this trench coat with the blue hem that I can't even begin to tell you. It's fabulous, but right. it came to bite me in the butt because I, I wanted it that bad, and I yeah. knew it would look good on me because I tried the one on, and I, it was about six-inch gap in the front, <laughs> and I said, what do I have to do to make this fit? And he said, buy two. And I burst out laughing, and I told him the story. So it, it, my, my, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. That's funny. All right, now we have to go on to the best colors. People tend to go with the new fashion color, which may look great on you, but it may not. Or they get hung up on, I always want to wear black because it's more convenient. I can get along. It never gets dirty, never sees my drips, my drops. And so how do you feel about the best color? Well, I'm guilty. I'm guilty of the fashionista black because I had a clothing company for how many years? Twelve years or mm-hmm. over that. Mm-hmm. And I have every garment known to man. I could have anything I wanted in any color I wanted. And I, uh-huh. one of the things that I was known for, besides my absolute comfortable fit and flattering silhouettes, was my colors. I did spectacular colors that I would formulate with the with the mill. And I had custom colors. My red was called Dion Red. There was Laura Purple. But they were absolutely just luscious, luscious, mm-hmm. flattering colors. And when sometimes when Pantone comes out with their color of the year and then all the designers and all the interior decorators, they jump on the bandwagon. You know, some of those colors might be nice for home decor, but some women can't wear those colors. I don't like muddy colors. I don't like muddy greens. I don't like muddy mm-hmm. browns. And I mm-hmm. think I went to a, a, a seminar, and the woman was, t- you know, she was all, I don't know what the heck she was. But anyway, and I took a look at her, and I thought, sister, you didn't look in the mirror when you left home this morning. She had on this <laughs> muddy brown dress and a muddy green scarf around her neck, and she looked horrid. She yeah. looked horrid. Mm-hmm. Is she selling us on image? Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. If it right. don't look good on you, don't buy it. You have to find your best colors. How do you know what they are? The colors you get the most compliments in. Do you know what my best color is? Raspberry mm. or pink. When ah. you wear anything raspberry or pink or a scarf or anything like that, an accessory piece, I get unbelievable comments. But I tend to wear black because it is, like you say, convenient. Georgia O'Keeffe says black is black. You know what I mean? <laughs> no. and those are the thing in your closet. You have a, a pair of pants that are chartreuse, and you want to wear a, a, I don't know what kind of color top. And it's trash, but you like the style and the design of the top, but you can't wear them together. Too many women right. have closets jammed with stuff that they can't wear and mix and match and really uh, get the most out of it to flatter their figure and themselves. 
and I do that too often. Right. You know, one of the best colors that I like, other than black, I do think black has its place, definitely, you know, when you're traveling and you're limited in what you can have in your suitcase. But I've found a lot of people look really good in purple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't they? I'm with you on that. It's amazing yeah. how that picks mm-hmm. up so many people's complexion colors. And it's really a strong. I find when I wear, there's also a new blue that's out this year. And when I wear that, it's that the color is so happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> that I many you times you can get away with it. You know? Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. But if you look good in it, and you feel pretty in it, and people say, Joyce, you look fabulous today, mm-hmm. then those are the colors you stick with. Quick story, right. um, I, when I was a hairdresser and I had a beauty salon, one of my clients went to have her colors done, and she comes in the next day and she said, I need you to make my hair more ash. Now, the woman had a skin tone that was, um, uh, for lack of a better word, khaki. She was mm-hmm. very olive complexed. Right. Take her hair and make it ash. I mean, oh, that would be horrible. Green hair, green body skin. So I said, okay, she insisted because the color professional told her. She came back two days later and I had to put her hair back to the way of what the warmer tones like I right. originally had because it proved to her because people would saw her and go, are you nuts? What's going on with your hair? <laughs> yes. Me. I'm yeah. taking the hit for that one. Um, yeah. We have something else. Uh, one other thing I want to tell you, because I know we're running out of time, a bargain isn't a bargain if it doesn't make you look fabulous. Oh, yes. Outward shop, and when you see them, they have they look like such a mishmash. They've got the, the pants that don't go with the blouse, that don't go with the jacket, that doesn't go with the purse, that doesn't go with the shirt. They just look like a gun cluck, like somebody mm-hmm. threw up on them, and this is how they left the house. I had a client, Rosa, she came in one day with these hot pink jeans on, and mm-hmm. she wanted a top to go with them, and when she took off the top she had on, the jeans were down the middle of her butt crack, like the gangbangers wear them. Mm. Now, I'm talking in the 90s. That's uncomfortable. Right? And I, said, I said, Rosa, how could you go around like that? And she said, nobody knows. And I said, you know what, Rosa? You know. Every time you sit down, every time you yeah. take a step, you know, because it's cutting off your circulation, it's sliding down your body. Right. And she said, but I paid, I got them for eight bucks at the outlet mall on sale. I said, take them back. Give them away. <laughs> yeah. A bargain yeah. isn't a bargain if it doesn't make you look fabulous or if you can't alter it to make, it look, make you look fabulous. Well, the fourth thing that I want to go into, because this lady also needed that, was that you really are an advocate of support garments. and oh, I mean, like Spanx or something like that. You my Maiden form, I guess, is not Maiden form anymore. It's um, Hanes. Uh, I think Hanes ah. is Maiden form, which is a shame because I, for years, 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 and years, I was a Maiden form junkie. And what I wear are compression tanks. The tank tops trimmed in lace. And uh-huh. what they do is they hold your boobs up and they compress everything else. And then I wear controlled top panties. When right. I need to go out, when I need to speak, when I need to go on a date or what have you, I am a big proponent of Spanx. Smooth out those lines, girls. <laughs> I mean, you don't have yes. to live in Spanx 24-7. 
But come on, we went to dinner not too long ago, and I was dying to snap a picture of this woman from behind, and I just yeah. didn't get it because her husband kept looking at me. <laughs> but she, her dress was her spanks. Right. Laura, we are coming to the, I love hearing your stories and, and they all are so, they tell such a story about what you're saying. (laughs) We are at the end of our hour and it's been such a treat to visit with you again because we have talked about some really important issues that everybody can walk away today, walk away with that they can contribute Mm -hmm. to a change in their life or at least a change in their fashion so Mm -hmm. thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and they go to uh, Laura Jones Fashion or Laura Jones Laura Jones Jones. dot com Yeah, okay. To find the necessary, the information to go forward, I encourage my listeners to go get your book, particularly if they are struggling with weight loss and they've made that decision. Thank you, dear. I love having you with me today. I love you, Joyce, and thank you for the opportunity to reach more people. Yeah. And beautiful. Yes. So, as you can tell, that it's very difficult to stop when we get into such an exciting information about the fashion world. We all love fashion. But the biggest step and one of the most important things we've said today is to attack the weight. Get to the weight mm-hmm. problem. Make the decision to become a thinner you. So thank you, you know for being with us. Thank you for being with us today. It's it's important that you come. I hope that you like the message and that you'll be with us next week as we will address another part of transition. Thank you for being with us today. Bye-bye, Joyce. Thank you. Yeah. Joyce Buford returns next week at this same time for another edition of Second Wind. Through the Joyce Buford Empowerment System, women are receiving support during their transition and are able to reclaim their true purpose and strength. They receive the tools they need to map out new lives. You can find out more about her coaching services at 